sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, clean our hearts of contempt toward others and of needing to stand alone and above so that we may trust in you alone and stand with. Have mercy on each one of us and help us to hear, receive, and share that same divine mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. At first glance, this text sounds like a finger-wagging lesson about being more humble. You know, don't be arrogant like the Pharisee, be humble like the tax collector, amen, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's not wrong, but a deeper look with the help of scholars, and in our case here at Bethlehem, a, a little Wednesday Bible study, Jesus is really getting at having contempt toward others and trusting too much in our big-time rightness. Humility isn't a goal that we achieve or accomplish. It's, It's really more of a byproduct. You don't just have more humility. You don't just be humble. It's it's more of a byproduct. Hopefully, this is a helpful illustration, even though it's... (laughs) It's throwing an old friend under the bus. We'll call her Carrie, okay? (laughs) This is back in high school. Um, I know I've talked about backpacking before, and uh, we did backpacking trips when I was in high school, and I've since taken kids um, to the same camp. We would drive all the way from Houston to the mountains of Colorado and go to Rainbow Trail Lutheran Camp. And... Things just happen when you go places like that, when you break out of your regular routine, and especially when we're pitching our own shelters and cooking our own food, hiking for miles each day, braving the elements, and having a blast all the while, seeing some of the most glorious high country in the United States. Things just happen when new rules about how we will be together are given to us by our trail guide camp counselors, these trained camp counselors who are also trained as high country backpacking guides. They give us rules for how we're going to be together during this week on the the trail. And this was one of our new gentle rules that was enforced. If somebody cuts you down, if somebody insults you, that person has to then build you up with three compliments. So one negative three positives. Isn't that a nice rule? (laughs) All during the week, everyone was caught at least once, including myself, cutting someone else down. Often, we didn't even realize we were doing it, you know? It's so much in our vernacular, especially as kids, but I think as adults, you know, two words, social media, (laughs) it's so much in our vernacular to insult, to cut down, isn't it? You know, kids, you know, it's... you idiot. It's just like what we say. What are you thinking? Oh, OMG, you're so stupid. You know, 
Notice here, too, by the way, no curse words are being said. There's no bad words being said. It's just so easy to insult each other and constantly. And so this new gentle rule was imposed on us. And we all did it. But Carrie, speaking of no bad words, Carrie was one of those members of our youth group who proudly never said the traditional cuss words. She prided herself on never getting in trouble, never partying or drinking or staying out past curfew. And let me remind you, this was the early 90s, you know, the generation of latchkey independence. Carrie did regular Bible studies each night at her own bedside. She'd tell us about them. She always knew the answers in church and Sunday school. And even when we, as kids, joined the adult learning hour, she'd always impress all the grown-ups. She was very put together, very on time, very organized, very conscientious. She definitely had straight A's, and she never said the A word, the B word, the C word, the, the D word, the E word, the F word. <laughs> you, you get the picture, and you see where I'm going? By the way, I don't even know what the E word is. <laughs> But up there in the mountains of Colorado, away from the regular routines and under this new gentle rule of how we will be together, guess who got caught the most cutting others down and having to build them up three more times? <laughs> Carrie was getting it right in so many ways back home, but was also a constant trickle of cusswordless contempt toward others. I hope that's a helpful illustration. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. That's verse 9. Let me blow this up for you a little more. An IRS agent today is simply a federal employee who is paid to uphold the law. Nothing inherently corrupt about that. Now, individual IRS agents can be corrupt, certainly. But, but in terms of that job, the tax collector in Jesus' day, on the other hand, was far from that. Tax collectors then... And this is helpful to remember for next week, too, when we'll hear the story of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, on Confirmation Sunday. Tax collectors then, unlike IRS agents today, were inherently corrupt. It was, it was a corrupt job. You see, they were usually from somewhere else. In many cases, they were foreigners. So no one liked them from the beginning because they just weren't from the community. And that was a big deal. They weren't practicers of the faith. They, they weren't religious in, in any way. They were sent by the Roman government to collect, by any means necessary, a certain amount for the empire. And then anything they gathered beyond that was theirs. So they'd use all kinds of shady dealings. Uh, Rome didn't care as long as they got their exact share. 
Tax collectors usually had bouncer-type henchmen under them, you know, that were really doing the dirty work. No one liked the tax collector. So those are the two characters in the story, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Tax collectors are such an object, I think, of Jesus' teaching and recipients of Jesus' mercy in Scripture that I think we miss the extremes here. The other side of it, the Pharisee, just to kind of give a picture there, the, those are the neighbors who kept their trees nicely trimmed, their grass cut, their leaves raked. They were regular worshipers. They were faithful givers that even come to midweek services. <laughs> they fasted more than they're supposed to. The text says twice a week. And, and actually, you only are supposed to fast in that time once a week. They, twice a week, they said. And they give even 10% of their income before taxes. Isn't that funny, by the way, that this text comes on the day that we make our pledges, our tithes, our offerings? <laughs> Oh, it says in the Bible, I'm not supposed to tithe, because that's what, tithing's what Pharisees do. <laughs> Don't go away with that idea. See, this is about the spirit. The, the Pharisee, what did I say about Carrie? She was getting it right in so many ways back home. But there was a constant trickle of cuss-wordless contempt toward others. This is about the spirit, the heart, the contempt trickling out of the law-abiding, faith-practicing, cuss-wordless, standing alone and above, yes, arrogant ones with their big-time rightness. What we are invited into here, friends in Christ, what Jesus is teaching us here to those of us who are faithfully going to church today or listening to this podcast, trying to be better, maybe even, hopefully even tithing today, pledging toward next 2023, a portion of all that God has entrusted to us, what we are invited to is repentance and even deeper trust in God. See, humility is a byproduct. Who do you have contempt for? That's where this gets real. The Pharisee has put downs. He's name calling. You know, he's those thieves, those rogues, even this tax collector. Uh, three, three compliments, Pharisee. <laughs> Who do you have contempt for? Who do you name call and put down? Who are those people in your life, in your world, for which you drip with contempt? And isn't it a burden? Doesn't your contempt actually weigh you down? I mean, it feels kind of good to point fingers, but can't we be enslaved to our disdain? And that's how we leave church week in and week out. Verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, the other, the Pharisee. He went home locked up, chained to his contempt, even while he looked good, did good in so many ways. Jesus gets at the heart, you see. 
And we are called to ask for more mercy. Head down. Looking at ourselves honestly. Examining our own hearts. And concluding, God have mercy on me too, a sinner. That confession and God's word for us changes everything. It puts us in need of God. The Pharisee, you see, had a relationship with God, but didn't seem to need God. Do we see ourselves in need of God? That's what the offering is about. As someone in our Bible study said on Wednesday, what are you going to do with the stuff that God has entrusted to you? And as I love to repeat, especially when we're talking about biblical stewardship, all that we have, all that we are, comes from God, belongs to God. I've come to believe that letting go of our money is a way of clearing our hearts. This act of pledging, of everyone coming forward today, placing their gifts on the altar, it's deeply spiritual. It's unclogging the pipes. It's clearing out the contempt in our hearts. I pray that that makes sense. It's a struggle each year for me personally. I lean on Heather as we bring our tithe forward today. It's crying out as we put our sacrifices on the altar. Have mercy on me, a sinner, oh God. Clear me out, oh God. Clean me of this contempt. And it's going home justified. Humility is just a byproduct. I started today with a Pharisee story. But who are your tax collector stories? What are they? Who are the people in your life, in other words, in the life of this church who have modeled with their whole being this kind of radical repentance and humble but extravagant trust in God? I find, honestly, those examples to be fewer and fewer. Not many people tithe anymore. Not many churches tithe anymore. Even our synod, we don't tithe as a whole synod to the larger church. Givers often give with strings attached. Might be a lot of money, but there's strings attached. They play power games like the Pharisee. I'm afraid I'm even doing that in this sermon. You know, throwing friends under the bus, tooting my own horn. The contempt you see, is sticky. God cleaning our hearts is going to take some scrubbing. And that's what this work of week in, week out, faithfulness, home and at church and with the community is all about. The consistency. God cleaning our hearts is going to take some scrubbing. But we'll sing it here in a moment. It happens in stillness. 
It happens in prayer, it happens in deep breaths, it happens in peace, and it happens only with the Spirit's help, the Holy Spirit. What does Martin Luther say? I cannot on my own do these things. But with the Spirit's help, with a presence and a grace that is far beyond me, God's love is made known to me. Christ who comes from outside, from beyond the self-center, forgives us, friends, forgives our tax collector ways, fills us with hope, redeems our Pharisee hearts, loves us even when we fail to love ourselves and others, invites us into a new year of grace, of sharing in the ways that Jesus shares The goodness of that grace, friends in Christ, is what flings us to joyfully respond in financial and so many other ways. The goodness of that grace that God has for each of us, for you, even you, is what charges our generosity, our trust, our faith, our hope, and our joy. It's what fills our hearts for service and justice in this world. The goodness of God's grace is yours this day and every day. You are going home justified. In Jesus' name, thanks be to God. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. (laughs) Okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You could edit.